0: Three, two, one. It's feeding time. Hi, this is Sardonic Cats. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex. And that was a quote from a great movie called Artemis Fell.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I heard it recently. I'm Ralph from... Just Ralph. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm Alex murray And I didn't actually, I've seen that movie and I'd, I'd already forgotten. I'd purged it from my mind, so I didn't recognize that, actually. Great moment, <laughs> though.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably the only <laughs> memorable moment of the entire film.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the only one people have, like, a frame of to yeah. put in thumbnails on YouTube. It's just so Isn't
1: bizarre. Judy Dench? I think she was pretty memorable.
0: Yeah, She was there yeah, for sure. She was in the movie. You can't deny that. <laughs> please
1: i recommended something kind of unconventional for the mm-hmm. podcast i want to talk about the film recommendation right away
0: yeah so we'll talk about the last mm-hmm. of us two after this anybody who's curious yeah, about that which
1: which we all want to talk about <laughs> it's very interesting yeah but i think it's an important movie and i think it's, it's a sensitive subject matter for the movie uh mm-hmm. it's relevant to what's going on in my country now so i just want to talk about it like right out of the way uh the movie i recommended to do the right thing from 1989 it's directed by Spike Lee. Uh we say spoilers. So spoilers for this movie as well. Um the movie's about like a Brooklyn neighborhood. Spike Lee's in the movie actually. He he wrote it. He produced it, I believe. And he plays the character Mookie, who's like working at a an Italian owned pizzeria in this, this neighborhood that he lives in. And it's mainly about the the simmering, like racial tension that kind of builds up as a result of uh them not hanging African-Americans on the wall. Not <laughs> literally. <As> a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. pictures. Photographs, Ralph. Our, photographs, Photographs. Should I rephrase that differently? <laughs> <laughs> should, should I like write it down and go Oh No, that's fine. I was just making a dumb <laughs> dumb joke because you set <laughs> yeah. me up
0: for it. <laughs> you, yeah. you had, the, you had the, the golf ball on the tee.
1: I couldn't not take <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Sorry. <laughs> So the owner of Sal's Pizzeria is Danny Aiello, uh, Sal's famous pizzeria. He was nominated for an Oscar for this performance. Uh, The the Academy didn't nominate any other performances in the movie, I believe, which I think are exceptional, including Mm -hmm. like Gio Carlo Esposito and Sam Jackson, who's like the the host of like a radio talk show. Yes, excellent. Esposito, many of you know from uh, Gus. He plays Gustavo Fring in Breaking Bad. Uh, he plays mm-hmm. Buggin' out in this movie, and he 's the one who's on the mission to get the block to boycott Sals pizzeria and it's It's about the relationship of the black community with this Italian family and also an asian owned uh like supermarket not supermarket a uh, just like local market you know dollar store kind of thing uh and it 's clearly like a microcosm for things going on in New York at the time and things going on like in in America as a whole like many Italians at the time who lived in New York and who live in America had a very uh, hard background. And when they came here in the early 1900s, they they were oppressed as well. They were treated like total shit, basically. In this neighborhood, you see a few Italian-Americans, not only Sal's Pizzeria, but his two sons, who are clearly uh, more racially intolerant than than him. And also uh, Frank Vincent, who's in Goodfellas and... uh, the sopranos plays Phil he drives his car his, his very nice convertible through the neighborhood um, to just show the Italian American dream realized that they accomplished and, and got wealth in just a few generations and were able to build businesses and, and something and how characters like Mookie or Bugin Out or many of the characters in this neighborhood weren't able to kind of achieve that in that same way And it's because of systemic forces and, as this movie says, uh, police brutality, that is the cause of maybe so many African Americans not being able to achieve that same status or or that same uh, kind of wealth to be able to afford businesses in their own neighborhoods or to be able to afford nice cars. And that's just something I wanted to address about the movie because I think it is... A very real examination of that and a very real examination of how Italians and and blacks interact. (laughs) Even the commonalities we share in like the arts and music and film, like Frank Sinatra and Al Pacino, Mm -hmm. like bugging Out just wants that same acknowledgement of them as well. In In a few generations, Italians found so many, so much success. And it's just, it's an interesting film about that. And I think that's why it's really important to me. Anyway, especially that it takes place in Brooklyn, and me being from New York, Queens, and even Long Island, I have some familiarity with that environment and with those people. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's an important movie to me. I also think it's an excellent movie in every regard, both writing, acting, uh, technically. I love the the warmness. I love how hot the movie feels. Mm -hmm. It's sweaty and... Uh, orange (laughs) and you know it feels like the whole movie is shot shot at like golden hour it's beautiful um so i'm I'm glad i could recommend it and that you guys could watch it so let's get more back to a normal discussion now (laughs) uh so so i just wanted to stay on topic and and make sure that even if we're being very funny and entertaining which i want to be it's it's to we have to keep our eye on the ball and the theme of this movie and Mm -hmm. that it is important
2: I mean, it's, a, it's an emotional movie, and mm-hmm. it, it strikes at a salient time. Like, it's more relevant than ever, arguably. It is. It's that shocking how relevant extra. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of blown away by that that aspect of it. Um, it's mm-hmm. my first time viewing it. I don't know how familiar you are, Ralph, clearly, more than I am. It yeah. seems to be a staple for you. But, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's his strongest film out of the selection I've seen. It has a lot of texture to it. It, it, a lot of really likeable characters. As you said, the visuals side of it I thought was really impressive. So much creativity, the way everything was displayed, a lot of kind of character to it. It it felt very improvised at points, very natural. It kind of displays the complexity of the situation in a way that doesn't seem to reduce it into, you know, kind of comical, exaggerated Hollywood kind of features. It It does do such a good job of getting you invested in the characters before the shit hits the fan at the end for that gut punch because it is fairly comedic for the first kind of two-thirds. And then, yeah, it really kind of goes in at the end there and for that Mm -hmm. emotional payoff, which, yeah, really struck me hard. I don't know if it was... Yeah, yeah, kind of a, a more... Intense reaction because of just the state of everything at the moment, and yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend. These characters are
1: really likable too. Uh, The one who killed Radio Rahim is like a—he's just such a great character and so memorable.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, a lot of nice little details and touches. I especially liked the way Spike Lee himself, with his character, just the little details with him and his relationship with his girlfriend. I thought was just really well thought through, presented mm -hmm. in a really nice way. There's just a lot of like thought, obviously, and, and passion coming through in the movie. There's a lot of detail to it. Yeah. Adam?
1: Hmm.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, here's my here's my conundrum. Is um I enjoy the movie. I it's very, very obviously about an important political issue. And yes, you're right that it is incredibly relevant today. Racism is a serious issue police at the very least need some serious reform right now Mm -hmm. i'm not huge into the narrative structure i think that Mm -hmm. it's largely repetitive i still think it's a good movie i'm just not huge on it and my conundrum right now is i'm (laughs) i'm struggling to find a way to properly criticize the film without appearing as though i'm Attempting to devalue the larger issues that the film addresses. So,
1: sure. I mean. Well, I have criticisms of this film too. Yeah. Plenty. So, (laughs) we could get into those too. Yeah. Um, It mainly goes actually into what, like, Alex was saying with uh, Mookie's girlfriend in the Mm -hmm. movie. Apparently, she was uncomfortable with the scenes. Yeah, I read that quote about that. There's, like, actually some treatment of that character that's, it's just uncomfortable to watch and is kind of dated. When the rest of the movie isn't, she yeah.
0: she said that that the reason you couldn't see her face in that shot is because she was crying and she didn't want Spike Lee to be <laughs> rubbing her oh, nipples yeah, with man, ice cubes. Up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was like her first film role too.
1: Uh huh. And he's the director.
0: Yeah, but I I and don't want to I don't want to like be talking about yeah. this movie where it seems like I'm trying to be like wow. It's not like racism's an actual problem. Like I don't want to appear like I'm mm-hmm. doing that when really mm-hmm. my criticisms are just with like the narrative. The narrative's overall structure. I just think that it's, it, you know. It, so
2: what do you mean by the repetitive side? I'm curious.
0: It's, it takes a long time to say a lot of the same thing. I get that the inclusion of such a large cast of characters is less about a specific narrative goal and more about I guess the atmosphere of setting up this environment and giving a character to the neighborhood for sure like I get that but at the same time I do feel like the elements of the film that it is getting at are pretty pretty explicitly pretty clearly explored and explained but it just does the same thing for a while Mm -hmm. in my opinion
2: yeah I I understand what you mean for the first half I was a little unsure what direction it was going but by the time it wrapped I was convinced that it was a good approach because you really feel like you're invested in the community so when it does all fall apart at the end it, it hits that much harder because you feel like you're more invested. in I it.
0: I love the characters. I love the characters a lot. Mm. They're all very likable characters and very interesting and very watchable. I just, it, it it's something that I wish I saw those characters in that had a bit more of a hook for me. Um, not, not trying to imply that racial issues are not important and that those aren't interesting. It's just that it didn't feel like there was as much of a, um, narrative goal um, In terms of like characters for me Mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of like clear motivations outside of Outside of like the pizzeria like the broader social issues That it was tackling and I I just felt like it took a long time to explain that and I don't want to I don't want to spend a lot of time criticizing this because people are g- <laughs> people are going to look at me as though I'm trying to, like, take away from the discussion. So why don't you two talk about it for a while, and then I'll just pop back in
1: after. <laughs> well, I want to talk about it with you, too. Okay. okay. This is clearly things you liked about it. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, yeah, I enjoy it's these characters cl- a lot. Up, I enjoy that yeah. it's mostly, like, a character piece. Just, like, yeah. it's just a day in the life of all these people and, yeah, and what they're doing.
0: It's it's almost kind of, like, uh, Linklater-esque in a way. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, it does feel kind of like it's not trying to be a movie. It's just, it's just life. Like this mm-hmm. is what these people do, mm-hmm. and yeah. underneath yeah. just this this normal day is this simmering like tension going on, mm-hmm. and it it erupts toward the end. Yeah, um, literally. Simmering. I really like the character of Sal too, as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a, you know at times a good guy at times a really horrible guy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know you could argue he deserved what happened to him at the end or he didn't or like if if Mookie like throwing that garbage can actually saved Sal Mm -hmm. in some way because it it got the riot off of him
0: yeah distracted them to pay more attention onto his property rather than his person
1: yeah or if that's what started it and, like, it was such an interesting dynamic between those two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh I felt like those were the main two that you were supposed to focus on. And in, like, plot description, Sal is, like, described as the main character. They don't really focus on him. Like, the other...
2: That's but. interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I wonder. John Turturro, too, is is excellent in this movie, although he's really just a piece of shit. <laughs> and talk about not, like being grateful for what you have or like your family Mm -hmm. built up this business over generations and this wealth over generations and he just didn't give a shit he's Uh like fuck it i hate these fucking people i hate serving them pizza it's terrible yeah yeah
2: yeah he was a necessary character to, there's that mm-hmm. whole sequence where they go through showing everyone's kind of underlying racism towards all the different groups. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was it quite, was quite a good way of displaying that, just how everyone has their own kind of group that they attack at some yeah. point. Yeah. That was a great scene.
1: It was like an eye of the duck moment. It's like so distant from the rest of the movie. It's you, you're like, you're so talking about segment.
0: the um, the zoom in to each individual character as they say racist shit sequence?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where they were directing the camera. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was fun. It, it it has a personality to it, for sure. I yeah, think that definitely. that some of the personality also comes from the soundtrack, Public Enemy, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I previously used um, the instrumental in some of my reviews for uh, Harder Than You Think, which is also a really oh, good nice, song. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I watched it with subtitles this time. This isn't the first time I've seen the film. I saw the film uh, once before, before I made my... Um, Old boy review, because I wanted to, you know, <laughs> I wanted to like challenge you my perspective some, yeah. of Spike Lee a bit and be like, okay, well, this is like the one, so I'm, I guess I'm gonna watch this one. Mm-hmm. And watching it with subtitles, um, it it actually had the subtitles for the lyrics for "Fight the Power." And there are some really hard hitting lyrics in that song that are really mm-hmm. powerful and also, yes, relevant today too.
1: And to mm-hmm. the story.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I thought that that music choice was really fitting. I also really liked the um, orchestral soundtrack, the string instruments, the saxophone. I thought that that was an interesting fit. I thought it worked really well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the presentation in general kind of blew me away. Um, I, I was a huge fan of the the costumes, especially, and the, especially the way they used it to kind of contrast against the... A lot of vibrant kind of colors against like brick walls with the graffiti and everything. It's all like very intentional and striking in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never got bored of the presentation. They keep coming up with new tricks to show things in a kind of creative and energetic way.
1: Well, the movie opens too with like a little interlude, like separate from the rest of the story of just uh, that, that. What's that actress's name?
2: Rosie Perez?
1: Yeah, I guess it was her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's just she's dancing, doing like some. <laughs> it was just awesome, and then the movie goes into that. Yeah, the I movie like that. Just sequence. does whatever it wants. It has these little interludes, and it does make it a little like long and and feel like it could be trimmed down. But mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the indulgence of it. And there's not a lot of subtlety either with no. with the, what what the message is. Not about at all. Police brutality, fighting the power, and you know all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, but that's the point too. It, it's about beating the message in because like <laughs> yeah. this is a problem and clearly well, it's yeah, so a yeah. problem.
0: Like it, it's it's weird because like that's definitely a criticism of mine is just how unsubtle it is and and I want to. Mm-hmm. It's something that if I'm going to criticize it, I I want to make clear that I'm not saying like oh yeah like. It's, it's not like this film should only hint at microaggressions or something. like That's obviously not the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so my criticisms aren't necessarily with how straightforwardly it presented these social issues. My criticisms regarding the subtlety of the film is that I wish that there were other subtleties within it. I wish that, I wish that there were more subtleties when it came to like the characters or something. You know, I
2: thought there was a lot of subtlety between the different dynamics in the cast. Yeah, because it shows the whole gambit of like every different possible opinion you could have on this kind of subject matter, and it shows all of them in a realistic kind of context. So, when the conflict comes together, it is—I don't know—there's something quite realistic about it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's nuanced. I don't know if I would call that subtle, though.
2: Oh no, no. I, um, that's that's the thing I've had with Spike Lee for a while. Is that I don't think he's the most subtle, but he certainly has a distinct <laughs> voice, and that's what I like about him. Mm-hmm. Like
1: Black Klansman has literal lines that are like, "Man, if we had stuff like that today, it would, be, yeah. <laughs> you know, like really on the nose, like oh, that's yeah." And his latest means.
2: movie too, his, yes, uh, his, that, similar but stuff. I've and... always
1: seen Spike Lee as he makes dark comedies or or like really dark comedies that are dealing with serious issues Mm -hmm. but there's this comedic tone to it and the characters are just so fun and they're clearly just talking shit you know and i feel it gives a movie like a a freedom when it's a comedy to just kind of indulge in in little moments like that moments of character interaction and Mm -hmm. and not about being subtle it's about enjoying the experience and getting a message out of it that's mm-hmm. good and and this is spike lee's message and i do think it's something that you know it you can you have to fight these these toxic thoughts and people um every day in life yeah. people who abuse power and are just terrible to other people uh, you got to do the right thing <laughs> um and it's a constant fight it's it's not going to go away it'll be something we deal with forever because it's just a, mm-hmm. ingrained in humanity it's just awful yeah
0: I do think that comedy is a good kind of vehicle to be tackling these sorts of issues, not necessarily saying that it has to be explicitly comedic, but like I, I enjoyed how, how these um, issues were handled, not, not identically, obviously, but in the film, sorry to bother you. I felt, I felt like it, it was mm-hmm. a really funny kind of like, ha little jab. It, it, and it was clear what they were going for. It was clear what they were saying. Mm-hmm. and, it worked well in that film. I felt kind of like uh, satirical, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me a bit of like uh, Blind Spotting, or I guess it's the other way around. This probably, you know, dealing yeah. with similar themes and that comedic tone that suddenly jumps into being more serious. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch that film. one again. I just picked <laughs> that up movie. The clearly,
1: is inspired by this. I, I, that's yeah, why I yeah, like that movie time. a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such a good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I like this idea of ending the film on the two different quotes from Malcolm X and. Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. They both had different perspectives, and it kind of leaves it up to you to decide which one do you think is, yeah, the the correct measure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, honestly, yeah, I, I, I got, I felt like I got more out of the quotes at the end of the movie than I did the movie in terms <laughs> of like the issues that, or or at least the philosophy behind the issues that it was expressing. Right. Not yeah. to like downplay the film. Like, I mean, they're really good quotes.
2: Yeah, I thought they do a good job of exploring that and and kind of adding a bit of grayness to it um, mm-hmm. with just how complex the situation is and how yeah it, it is just such a clusterfuck by the end and there there are no like real clear heroes and villains uh, there was apparently when the film came out there was uh, it's quite it was quite controversial. In terms Mm -hmm. of people blaming the main character for for starting riots and things, kind of in the same way the discourse is going around with what's happening in America and all over the world at the moment. Yeah, Um, and just
1: what people would focus on.
2: Yeah, that wasn't really my takeaway at all. I I thought it was kind of doing a good job of leaving it up to the viewer to kind of decide and take away what they wanted from it.
1: Mm -hmm. And the scene is really well directed too. There's a lot of extras and just chaotic shit going on. And it's really well put together.
2: Yeah, the intensity of the when the they go into the shop with the boombox and how mm-hmm. everything's like close up and just ramps up gradually. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah really good. Like that.
1: Interesting shots. Like there was a point he was mm-hmm. Sreda Rahim was talking to Spike Lee, and the camera just swooped in into Spike Lee's POV. And then that's when he started talking about love and hate with his rings or whatever. But that was like such an interesting like angle to do. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. There's so many creative uh, choices like that. Really wide angles. And... Yeah, that that is something that jumps out to me. It
0: is more interestingly shot than the average film for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think when Spike Lee like really is passionate about a project and is using his full potential. Like, Mm -hmm. he makes something like this, and I think it's incredible. Yeah,
2: I think it's the perfect project for the way he, you know, directs and approaches stories.
1: Uh Yeah, you can always tell when
0: something is an actual passion project for him and when it's not. (laughs) Like, Black Klansman was obviously something he's passionate about, and that movie turned out really well. Old boy, Mm -hmm. 2013, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) This is a film that is obviously very culturally relevant and it has its place in history for sure it is something that has inspired a lot of other works and i think the message behind the film is probably greater than the film itself in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah I, i i appreciate it more than i enjoy it personally
1: i have issues with it technically too and and clearly with the that character or like that that scene of her getting ice cubes rubbed on mm-hmm. her nipples mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> of course but i do find it so entertaining like i find it so enjoyable that i still want to watch the film every time to get to that like because the characters are so entertaining even Mm -hmm. though something so horrible happens at the end yeah like there's so much to keep you watching and to keep keep me going maybe it is because i find it relatable too oh you know maybe that's part of it but Mm. (laughs) like sal's pizzeria i just i love saying that (laughs) it's
0: it's not really an environment that i've ever been familiar with in my life So, like, I'm not as close to it.
1: Yeah, and even if you're familiar with it or not, just, you can tell if it's authentic. You can tell when it's, like, Mm -hmm. a studio making a movie, and they don't give a shit. They just shoot on a block. Yeah, (laughs) And, like, this movie, it's one block of the city, but it it means everything. There's so much going on. There's, like, people coming in and out. There's, like, the guy who just lives there who has a Celtic shirt on, and they have a whole little tussle, (laughs) and, like, Mm -hmm. he steps on his shoes, and it's, like, like, this conflict that spurs up, because there's so much detail and attention paid to how the city actually works and how people live and i and i love that uh, there's not many movies that capture that in such a, yeah. a, a a beautiful way i think
0: it 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 felt more personal than just being like pandering mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. felt exactly. it felt genuine in that sense and that's you know that's the aspect of the film that i really love is uh-huh. like i love no the community cartoonish. i love the environment i love the characters it's just the narrative that's like my only big issue that that keeps me from being like super invested is that it's like i love seeing what it shows me but then it just it i i feel like it's just stagnant like it's showing me the same thing for too long and then i kind of drift drift away investment wise until the end but
1: it's it's like this long chunk of character development and then like a little thing that happens at the end that's like the structure of it yeah <laughs> almost
0: yeah, uh, it's bizarrely structured in a way.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, because the there are scenes they show with like characters just having day to day dialogue that seems completely unrelated to any kind of main thrust of the plot. Because when they first established the the drama in the in the pizzeria with the wall, I figured it was gonna kind of ramp up in a different way from that point in a more kind of traditional way you'd expect. But mm-hmm. I thought the way they explored it was way more interesting actually. But as I say, you have to kind of get to the end before all the disparate parts come together in a satisfying way. Because yeah, I, I, I do feel for what you're saying. Yeah, just the structure of it being mm-hmm. the way it is. And I think he denied some studio, they wanted a more happy ending or something. They wanted the main characters to like hug at the end and make up. Nah. But yeah. Spike Lee refused, you know? Yeah, that would be just a, a, a moronic, like simplistic, reductive way to take it. You know, more Hollywood plays. So mm-hmm. I like the approach and the, his willingness to stick to what he believed the story should be about. And mm-hmm. that's the reason it is the classic it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's definitely, it it definitely has its uh, place in film history for a reason, that's for sure. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's almost like seeing film as like, you see all of film in like one context, like a world of film. Like this is, this is mm-hmm. all of film that takes place in this one, like, uh, world or whatever Mm -hmm. and spike lee is adding to that by like putting this moment in film history with like this gruesome police brutality which i don't think any other film up to that point or since has really captured in such a way like that Mm. uh Mm -hmm. and and i think that's the importance of it it's like he made an audience, a mainstream audience, come and watch this film and then spread this message and expose them to that. And even in the world of cinema, which we, we live in and we enjoy and we laugh and have fun, he, he's exposing us to something so horrific. And that is in the real world. Yeah, yeah he's giving something important <laughs> You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: and in the way that he communicates it, like, even though, yeah, we can say that that it's something kind of, like, new and groundbreaking to be promoted in that way in a in a film production. Um, I think also kind of what it gets at is that this the angle and the perspective that it's coming from is something that has been, like, clear matter-of-fact, really obvious to, to this community for a while. Like, you see that shot of, uh, I forget which character, there was just this random white guy that was kind of being a dick, and uh, <laughs> as he's, like, walking <laughs> up the stairs, <laughs> saying, like, oh, I live here or whatever, like, I forget exactly oh, yeah, what the extent. line was, but the reaction by um, by the other people in the neighborhood, the crowd forming around him, just immediately that, ah, oh! like, everybody, like, tilts their heads back <laughs> and screams in unison. And I think that that's kind of, like, a good representation of just, like, yeah, it's obvious <laughs> to these people <laughs> what's been <laughs> happening this entire time, even if some others are oblivious of it
1: yeah he says he's from brooklyn yeah (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Yeah, i loved that
2: scene where um the 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 brothers fight in the kind of stock room with the light fixture swaying Mm -hmm. i really liked the the way they pulled that off added like a an energy to it and dramatic stuff going on
1: and also i think of all in, in all of his films i think there's a like a subtext of The Academy Awards and that kind of systemic racism as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How they don't nominate black actors or uh, black films, really. Uh, And we saw that with like Green Book. He like got up and stormed out of the room. He was so upset. I (laughs) mean, that one best picture. It's it's fucking Green Book anyway. (laughs) 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 I'd be I'd be mad regardless. And this film, like the fact that it got so few nominations, it's actually insane. Uh Sal got nominated and he's great. He deserves it hundred percent. Um Sam Jackson and and Gio Carlo Esposito I think deserved the nomination as well or something. Mm-hmm. Uh more recognition than they yeah. got.
0: Yeah. This was uh Martin Lawrence's debut.
1: hmm
2: Yeah, it was, shocked was really to see interesting
1: him. He was he was excellent. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he was playing a is
1: this his debut really? Like the first film he was ever.
0: I'm pretty sure that was his debut, yeah.
1: That is fantastic. Uh, Ozzie Davis is in the film as well. He, he plays a like this uh old drunk kind of going around the neighborhood, but he's very lovable as well. Yeah, I like that character. Uh, I enjoyed that I enjoyed that character a lot too. And yeah, he like saves really a him. He saves a kid from being hit by a car. Yeah. There's <laughs> like there's, there's a not a
0: character thing. that I don't find watchable and interesting in this movie. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the better aspects for sure.
1: In a way, I feel I wish it was longer. Mm-hmm. Like I wish there was more character time, and like I just loved seeing all these different people how they pop out of the house and and just have a scene and then go back in. That that mother character who came out to oh, know, yeah. discipline her son for yeah, a little that bit was fun. and then said, don't don't you tell me how to raise my kid? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a living, breathing
0: world. That was created, yeah. I just wish that there was more of a narrative hook
2: for me, but and what was the what was the budget on this? It was fairly low, wasn't it?
0: that's a great question that is a good question
2: on i m d b it says six and a half estimated
3: okay, yeah,
2: so if it is around the six six and a half million range, that's quite impressive for how the film looks I never once thought that the film looked cheap or anything like that it's, no never if, if anything the opposite I was actually wondering <laughs> how they managed to do some of the things they did if it was especially if it is kind of quite low budget with the, and with the actors they have in there
1: yeah they all clearly cared about it maybe they were willing to take a, a paycheck yeah. or something or it's a probably, cut <laughs> what do you think with
2: inflation <laughs> that would
0: be probably like 10 million right
2: yeah I was thinking about that
1: yeah maybe it's still still good yeah mm-hmm did you want to get into ratings yeah sure okay well i think it's <laughs> i'm gonna give it a five out of five i think it's obvious um I, I i enjoy it a lot uh every time i think it's really entertaining really captivating characters and funny just a really funny film naturally it's not like uh funny because it's satirical or or stupid it's funny from the the characters and how they interact with each other it just feels very Mm. natural and i enjoy films like that a lot and it has you know social commentary that's obviously important but there's other things about the film too that makes it worth watching so yeah five out of five for me
2: yeah no i really enjoyed it i I took quite a lot away from it this kind of mutual understanding message and i liked that that point where they kind of give a bit of direction of where you should be channeling your anger and rage into something useful and productive and there's just a lot to take away from the movie aside from the the overall messaging that's hitting today but just the filmmaking here was so impressive to me yeah i i, I really like to the just the feel of it and you said that I really like that heat aspect. They they do a good job of establishing just kind of how yeah. sweaty and it does add like a real sense of mood to it all with the you know everyone sweating <laughs> all the time and dunking their faces in ice water. It's uh-huh. just a really unique movie with a with a lot going on hydrants, that I'm sure I missed. It. Yeah, it, yeah, feels, yeah. it feels awesome. Yeah. <laughs> as far as the score goes, I'm I'm thinking four and a half stars for now. Yeah. Mm. Really enjoyed it.
0: Lot to appreciate about the movie. I love the icing more than I love the cake. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. I, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, the, the icing is—it's some great icing. I just want—I was—I was just hoping there would be a bit more cake in, underneath the icing. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm between like a six and a seven out of ten. I'm a gigantic piece of shit. Everybody direct your hate comments <laughs> towards me.
2: I'll, I'll be reading every single
0: one of them. So.
2: No, you want to be Maybe. honest to how you feel. What's yeah. the point of lying? Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's not Thanks for the like recommendation, Ralph. That was a good one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really glad I finally seen
1: him. Yeah, it's it's one of his best things for sure. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. would you say are his two next best movies? Hmm. I enjoy Malcolm X a lot. Mm-hmm. That's like a really good uh like period piece yeah biopic.
0: I was I was considering watching that one before the old boy thing but uh it was it's very long and I kind of just wanted to yeah, get into my my, 50 my 50. review. So
1: I watched a little bit of Chirac mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. That that one I didn't really that didn't really grab me. Yeah. I also saw Inside Man which is yeah. one of his like you yeah, know I, that's that. like a studio studio one. I yeah. really like one of his first movies, She's Gotta Have It
0: I've heard mm-hmm. good things about that one.
1: I thought that was good. That was on Netflix, I believe. And,
0: and so you rewatched Old Boy
1: 2013? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, did yeah. you? I did. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Not, your, not, has um, your perspective changed f- at all? Uh, a bit, yes. Yeah? Looking at it more objectively, I think the film is pretty bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think before I, I liked parts of it. I, I saw it like with the, it, i saw it in the theater and i enjoyed parts of it i also saw the the original one a few times recently which which added a lot of yeah. context to to like how much more um just Everything. lazy the yeah how much more <laughs> lazy the the new one is uh, yeah. especially that 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 fight scene which i think you examined pretty well but like it's so bad, <laughs> like the new one, yeah. the cutting of it, the continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a yeah, whole section it, they just deleted, and like uh, it's it's it's, it's, a bad... it's
0: less of an issue of laziness and more of an issue of just like completely missing the point
1: of each scene.
3: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: From like a directorial standpoint, I think it's obviously just like totally inferior to the other yeah. one. <laughs> but like, I think Josh Brolin was okay. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not as good as um, I, I wish I knew the other actor's name he's like a famous South Choi Korean Min actor Shik. Mm-hmm. oh okay well he nice. was great <laughs> an old boy. and I, I thought Josh Brolin was good too Elizabeth Olsen I, I didn't think she was all that great and uh, Chateau Copley is like laughably oh, yeah. bad in it yeah. oh I forgot you called her a whore <laughs> oh! yeah the the flashback scene with them is brutal <laughs> uh, <laughs> father oh god <laughs> Pow! Classic. But, uh, she's got to have it. is is so good, and mm. you guys should watch that one. She's okay. she's got to have it. Oh yeah, it's very early Spike Lee, black and white as well. So mm-hmm. oh cool. Is he? He is in that movie too. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Spike a lot Lee of movies. Not a bad actor. A personal. No, he's not a bad actor at all. Yeah. I wouldn't say How's he's the she... best actor and do the right thing. Like I, he doesn't deserve an Oscar for it, but he yeah. was he was good. He was very like uh, believable.
2: Yeah, it was the right way to take that character.
1: hmm Mhm. I'm glad he's not really in his old movies anymore. He's not like as bad as like Tarantino. It <laughs> would be so <laughs> good
0: if he was current Spike <laughs> Lee and, all and all just like all purple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking Waluigi yeah. costume. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be so good. Like lead he's role. Not, he's
1: also now playing He's not playing like a a character that diverges much from his actual self. He's clearly Mm -hmm. just like, you know, Mm. like a guy who's being himself. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So there was a video game
0: that everybody's mad about Uh, (laughs) called The Last of Us Part 2. And we all beat it at this point. I finished playing Mm. it yesterday.
2: Oh, it was fresh for you then?
1: Yeah. We talked about it briefly, yeah, last time, but we didn't finish it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is a spoiler discussion for The Last of Us Part Two,
1: including the second half of the game, which is super secret. They didn't tell yeah. any of the. They told the critics to not say anything about it, like when the review reviewing. Yeah, botos, I guess you so. Once
2: yeah, they that was lifted, a strange choice. It. it makes all the reviews of when it came out just kind of worthless because they just have to tiptoe around every interesting thing about the game. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: which is weird. You'd think. I don't know. Were they allowed to include that as part of their score or just not talk about that narratively? They're don't not know allowed to
2: mention on. that it happens because okay. it had to be a secret. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, at least they didn't pull a Persona 5 and not let people stream past a certain point in the game without takedown
2: notices. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That, was a <laughs> that really <move>. happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least they didn't do that. All right. So how do but we how do we start? At- <laughs> how do we start Should we start this? with like what happens in the second half, like what the reveal is? Sure. Or the we there's a the lot to talk minutes. about.
2: <laughs> there is so much.
1: How many unsatisfying <laughs> reveals can we? Uh, can
2: yeah. yeah. Reveal? Well, why don't we start top level with do we like it? <laughs> no.
1: You I don't like, like, like it at all. So you're
2: solidly you're solidly on no, are you?
1: No. I like certain elements of it, of course. Like, it looks beautiful. Like, I said before, it looks beautiful. There's really mm-hmm. good performances that carry over from the last game. The score, I actually like. I think it's going for a little more subtle. Like, it's not trying to be as, um, like present, I don't think. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of droning, like boom, boom, <laughs> or whatever. Matt Coelho, that I think isn't works. It, yeah. Mr. Yeah, I think Robin. Matt Quail, Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's like, um, I forgot what the term is, but basically it's like uh, how I enjoy video games anyway is I like watching a movie and basically being able to play in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And there's right. some kind of term for this. But so basically this movie or this video game is very similar to Children of Men. So in gameplay execution and like just walking around, I enjoy the game a lot. Because it reminds me of just being in that kind of post-apocalyptic environment and that kind of that dark setting that Alfonso Cuarón kind of created for that movie. Like I, I enjoy that segment of it a lot. I enjoy the combat. It's a really violent game too, almost to like a silly extent. Incredibly so. Yeah, Yeah. which also reminded me of like Children of Men and something like that. And I enjoyed that too. the The issue is the story, and it's very uh, uneven and does a lot of different things that I don't think work, <laughs> and it's it focuses on the character in the second half that I didn't enjoy, mm-hmm. I didn't like. Yeah. It takes a
0: yeah, lot of narrative do. risks, and Which unfortunately, when you take risks, they don't always pay off, because that is yeah. what makes mm-hmm. it a risk. <laughs> And and I Maybe like things always, that are yeah. different. I like things that are challenging. And this game, narratively, is pretty obviously trying to challenge its audience. And I like things like that. And I respect those mm-hmm. types of choices. However, I don't think that in a direct sequel to your very popular video game franchise that people love, and they love the characters a lot, and they love what was happening narratively in the first game, I don't think that a sequel where you're implying that people will get some sort of similar experience or some sort of satisfying continuation, I don't think that that is the place to do it. If they wanted to make this type of super challenging narrative where things were more about, like, I guess the ideas that it's trying to get into your head more than it is about the actual narrative experience itself... They want to do that? Perfect. And I'm and I'm not just saying like, oh yeah, do it in another game so I can't so I won't play it. Like I would love to play that game, but I think that it's inappropriate to put it in The Last of Us 2 And I think it's really naive not to have assumed that people would be really upset with what was <laughs> with what they got mm. in this game.
2: Yeah, it wasn't the time or place to do this with these characters. I don't think. I feel like this would be a good end trilogy kind of. Point to hit yeah. where you've explored all the relationship that is left for, with Joel and yeah. Ellie. Because that was what I was expecting. If anything, if I was expecting from part two, was them to explore that nugget that they end the first game on with yeah. the conflict with Joel and Ellie. Um, but they kind of deliver it in a way I don't think anyone was expecting, mostly through flashbacks.
0: It feels unsatisfying because the first game left so much up to imagination about where the story could go and then they just yeah. immediately end that storyline and then just do something completely different, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and right. and it's, it's it's unsatisfying because like people wanted more of that. There was so much more that could be explored. They didn't really thoroughly delve into everything that they could have. And I'm not saying they mm-hmm. had to leave every stone unturned and milk it until it's dry, but if you're going to kill off Joel... Maybe don't do it right at the beginning of the game. Maybe maybe like yeah. halfway yeah, right through away. the game or something. Like just have mm-hmm. have more of what people wanted and then take that away. Because the yeah. issue with what they're doing when they do it right away is like, sure, yeah, they Ryan Johnson'd us, it subverted my expectations. But <laughs> the implication when you do something like that, very clearly from the scene. They're expecting some sort of emotional reaction, like, we're supposed to feel that sort of loss, but unfortunately, the emotional weight isn't there because it happened so early in the game. It was just like, oh, what? This is how we're starting? Like, Mm -hmm. I I didn't feel anything from that death, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It didn't feel earned because Joel yeah. actually in this game doesn't have any character up to that point, really. <laughs> We're with him just for just a few minutes and then he's mm-hmm. killed if Where if we spent more time with him. What's yeah. supposed to make it impactful is that we spent the whole first game with Joel and like we got to know him and we know that whole yeah. journey he went on.
2: It's, it's the whole revenge forgiveness angle that they really want to hammer home that I think is the core issue because they, they kill off Joel, the character you're already invested in, kind of in a shock value moment. Um, but then they expect you to retroactively empathize with the character that just killed the one of the major things you were hoping to get out of the game. It's a weird position to put you in. They, mm-hmm. And really, they couldn't have revealed anything about the story because then the story wouldn't work because it relies on so many surprises mm-hmm. to <laughs> to get you invested in anything. But then the way I describe this game is from like a broad, top-level sense. It kind of works, but the more you start, delving in and going into the details everything just falls apart for me <laughs> just from a from a narrative level like we yeah we've kind of briefly mentioned abby but that was a section of the game i teased it in the last episode we talked about where once i got to it i was like well all of the thrust of this narrative has been sucked away at this mm-hmm. point and i really yeah. it loses i'm not interested in, in yeah learning about this character at this point because a they don't do the best job doing it and b that 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 scene where she kills Joel is like so horrendous. It's not just like a, a revenge murder. It's like actual torture, shooting his mm-hmm. leg off with a shotgun, and then like making sure he stays alive so then he can she can beat him to death with a golf club in front of like basically her surrogate daughter's eyes. It's like it doesn't get much more horrendous than that. And telling like a revenge story in this world that is so nihilistic. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't make much sense, the way they're tracking each other across states and all of this. It it just (laughs) seems really convoluted and confusing in a way that they somehow managed to avoid. Mm
1: -hmm. The only way she's (laughs) able to find her, Abby, is because they describe her as, like, big arms. She's got big arms. She's got arms like like me! (laughs) Yeah.
0: And that was like, I found that
1: moment, I I found that whole element kind of silly with her arms. It is very silly.
0: (laughs) They modeled her after a CrossFit trainer, and even then, Uh it's like, Looks like she's taking roids. <laughs> it is pretty common. She had comical. bigger
1: arms than like that guy she was with.
0: Oh <laughs> like, yeah, like was. she's she's fucking intense. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, she's like on hmm. something. Like, really you of, think you're, yeah, you protein. you want to kill this girl Ellie by yourself? <laughs>
2: Jeez. Don't you think they really took the cheap road in trying to get you to empathize with that character? They did. I was rolling my eyes hardcore in that... The first day as Abby, I think, is the weakest part of the game with the... (laughs) the dad flashback because you yeah you get to flashbacks within flashbacks at certain points mm-hmm. we have, like abby younger abby with her dad and guess what he's like the fucking most chill relatable guy he saves zebras he's so nice he's about to save the world you know yeah, <laughs> so they you know really push coming. that side of it yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah it's
1: really corny the dialogue in that scene <laughs> the whole like she sits in mud He's like, you got some mud on you too where right there <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. terrible dialogue like that the whole game <laughs> had dialogue like, uh, there was some anime line, like, uh, it's better than being home, sitting, sitting at home watching anime, something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I it's that. I, just,
1: I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the first game had such good writing and such good structure. Oh, yeah. And, like, the surprise of just playing as Abby halfway through the game. I, I feel like it would have been better if maybe we played as Abby for a while in the beginning and intercut yeah. between Ellie and, and uh, her, and then maybe she kills Joel. Yeah. Into the game. Yeah. Once we know her character, character once we know, like, why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. But I guess it's a surprising and shocking moment for Ellie. So it's supposed to be for us. I think Mm. it just made people piss and they broke their game. (laughs) But that's not, that's also not everyone who is leaving a negative review review of the game. I don't think everyone who hates the game or is critical of the game just played up to that point and then threw the game away. And I have heard some people say that. I think the structure of the game is so bizarre and I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy playing the second half of it. I really didn't enjoy playing the, the first half of it either after Joel was killed because I didn't enjoy yeah. Dina much as a character. I thought all the characters were super weak compared yeah. to Joel and Ellie. I didn't like was, very many you spent many the whole people. first game with just <laughs> those two. They would meet other people along the way, but really it was those two and you got to know them the most. And it was about like challenging what they're going through. Like they run into like a, a, two brothers like along their journey in the first game and it's supposed to mirror like the protector relationship that like joel has with ellie and like Mm -hmm. the childhood that ellie lost and and shit like that and there's like nothing like that in this game there's like this guy jesse who comes in he's a fucking jerk i don't know Mm -hmm. who he is (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and he gets shot and you're like why why should i give a shit about this guy why should i give a shit about any of these characters so ellie can have a baby
2: (laughs) yeah yeah he has two purposes to get Dina pregnant and then to die. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's his and character. It works out really well for Ellie, <laughs> <laughs> and then she throws it all away.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for revenge. Yeah, that was really courty too. Yeah, but there was a point in the, in the in the game where Jesse like puts his hand over Ellie and, and holds her back. In in a trailer, that's Joel. Yeah, like, that's edit yeah, it to make it look like it's Joel. <laughs> I I don't yeah. like deceptive
0: marketing that was, like that. I can see why people. Yeah, well, that mistake.
1: Uh huh just another reason to dislike the game
2: yeah Yeah, because they're setting false expectations you're expecting something different going in Mm -hmm. and i get why they were trying to throw people off but it's it's just not the way to do it because no one wants
1: to play the game where joel dies in the first 10 minutes and so they're like let's just keep it a secret (laughs) yeah but it is kind of deceptive marketing because it's most of the game is not that
0: i i don't even really have an issue with the ideas that it's trying to express it's just how it's handled really and i didn't really have much difficulty at all empathizing with the goals of abby and then the last third of the game i guess they're they're spending the entire time trying to get me to empathize with her perspective and her as a character when i didn't really have all that much difficulty doing that before so it just felt like i was getting beat over the head with it and it there's yeah, exactly. there's so many weird manipulative ways that they try to do this like first of all we got the uh, you know Ellie's a dog murderer you have to be there's literally ones that are inescapable plot wise that Mm -hmm. you have to like be murdering dogs and then Abby it's like oh I'm playing fetch with the dog and she doesn't murder a single one It's like okay I see what you're done and like at at (laughs) first when when it was like the dog killing because I had heard about that like people were so mad like oh man they try to make you feel so bad I'm like I don't give a shit they're just pixels whatever and mm-hmm. and then at the moment where it's like as soon as they introduce the dogs you kill and then you have to walk through the Abandoned pet store. I was like, ah, oh, come on. That's too on the nose Like I just yeah. so obvious what you're doing right now. It's so sloppy and then the the Gustavo soundtrack Which I love from the first game? Really mm-hmm. only seemed to be present in Abby's story like second half of the game. It's like whoa the soundtracks back whereas in the first half they used Mr Robot guy a bit more i think the composer from that <laughs> yeah. guy mm-hmm. that that show Mr Robert sorry and the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was just like it, it 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 seemed like a manipulative way to try and get you to more closely empathize with Abby than with Ellie but i just i wish it wasn't as manipulative and just so forced like i I feel like it should be earned in a sense, and again, like I didn't have issues relating with the goals of Abby, like Joel did something terrible, <laughs> and like he was obviously mm-hmm. gonna piss a lot of people off, even if it wasn't her father directly involved being killed in that in that sense like he I don't have any issues at all with her motivations as a character, it just after a while it just. It, it, it seemed so forced and so it was just beating me over the head with it. And it was I just wasn't that interested in what it was doing narratively.
1: Mm-hmm. It's clear mm-hmm. Abby feels some guilt too or has some PTSD from like that moment. <laughs> uh, and I guess she kind of her way of dealing with it is helping these two kids. She comes across in like day yeah. two or three. The scars. Like the scars, these two scar kits, because there's also these different factions, the wolves and the scars, which I also thought was dumb that you have to, like, focus on all these different factions. And then I think the Very point of the game dead, yeah. was to make you empathize with them. Like, oh, see yeah. these people you're killing in the first half of the game? They're actually these people who are, you know, when they're not trying to kill you, they they're eating and they... Play fetch with dogs, like you were saying, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it's just so corny. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Cause it's all in service of this, like, idea, this theme that look at, look at the grayness of this world. Everyone's basically the same. So everyone you kill is equally kind of guilty or innocent in the same way. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, they have to, <laughs> could have been yeah, more they subtle. They have to jump around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. at the
1: very at the very tail end of the game you come across another faction that's just introduced and they're like one dimensional like scumbag murderers like that's it it's like all the dimension you were trying to give this other faction and showing that there's actually humanity in these different groups like that Ellie is yeah. trying to hunt down and kill it's like it's completely removed at the end It's a crazy you're just fighting cult. a bunch of guys who are just they fucking need combat, crazy people yeah because yeah, yeah. a combat scene and you have an assault rifle <laughs> you have yeah. a silenced assault rifle
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah the I, I I really
0: it was really weird that they started exploring the cult aspect in the second half of the game only and like suddenly lines of dialogue that aren't even like scripted for the sake of like a um, you know like a a forced narrative cutscene or anything but lines of dialogue just from these characters walking past saying things like We will ascend with her forgiveness or whatever. They're just like casually walking by saying that shit. It's like Ellie Mm -hmm. saw the exact same group of people earlier in the game and they were never saying shit like that. And so it just felt really weird that all of a sudden it's being explored. All of a sudden you're seeing these paintings on the wall and shit that it was just like, okay, now it's time to develop this storyline, I guess. And so that was kind of annoying. And also it's so tropey in a video game to have the religious cult element like Mm -hmm. Halo 2. Dead Space, Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Like, it's such a video gamey trope. It's far less present in movies than it is in games. It just seems to be, like, this super, super common cliche that it's like, okay, so this is the second half of the game. We're just getting boring shit that I've seen a billion times. Like, it just wasn't interesting to me, that
2: aspect.
1: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. See,
2: did. I was I was okay with that, that kind of thing because it was... I don't know, fitting for the world and they hadn't explored like any religious themes particularly in the first game from memory. So I like the idea of of doing that kind of thing. But yeah, as you say, it is wedged in in such a way where it is hard to to really be invested or give a shit about anything because your lens through it is through a character who is <laughs> has a bunch of dumb shit surrounding her. Like we haven't even mentioned the... I can't stand the like pregnancy angle of this game where they yeah. have the, like mirrored pregnant characters and it's like, Well oh, you killed the pregnant one as Ellie <laughs> So it's, many pregnant it's characters. It's
0: another form <laughs> of manipulation. It feels cheap. It feels it feels yeah. so cheap. Just like having a dog die in a movie, it's like, Oh, okay, now it's sad. It's like fuck off. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. it, it feels like a lazy way to get people to care and be invested in something whereas i would rather have that earned through the characters and the narrative.
2: Mhm. And th- there just are not that many new characters and the ones they do add are just like, i just don't remember anything about them because that was one A lot great of them are thing interchangeable. about the first game is that mm-hmm. yeah that structure of the first game was so brilliant with the the seasons and each each mm-hmm. uh, section was kind of its own mini story and it helped really it helped with the pacing a lot and like there's a point yeah. in the first game where you switch to a different character but that is such a like exciting moment with so many questions and you you weren't expecting it and but you're also really excited to see what's going to happen next you know whereas okay. it's kind of the opposite in this game where they do that switch it it robs all the momentum yeah. from it does feel like just starting a game again
0: it, it it is really weird to just cut to black as soon as the two meet up like right before they start fighting like next time mm-hmm. on the last of us like it's it just, it's just yeah, so weird it seemed
2: like they were more interested in exploring the world of the last of us instead of the characters they established in the first one cuz even mm-hmm. th- like Tommy Joel's brother is kind of an essential character in the game but he's he's hardly in it too he's mm-hmm. he's he's like a, he's 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 got an interesting motivation and you want to see that fleshed out more but again he's kind of reduced to kind of background He's he's like a MacGuffin, effectively for one yeah. or two of the days where they're trying <laughs> yeah, to find basically.
0: him, and he has a terrible ending. Go kill her for me, Ellie. You gotta do it.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. The same. The problem is every character is affected by the same theme in the same way. So just everyone is fucked by revenge, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like there's not much like complexity within that. Really? To me. Yeah. Because because in the first game, you saw this this massive character growth between these two people. The wildly different at the end than mm-hmm. they are at the beginning and while ellie is different and she kind of the story is basically about her forgiving joel through um abby it is just so clumsy and it's ex- execution i did like the kind of cutscene right at the end even though it's so bizarre kind of pacing wise and structurally to have a flashback to an event that happened 20 plus hours ago where joel and ellie are kind of having a a talk on the porch and it's more like the first game and joel kind of explains himself a bit and says if he had a, a chance to do it all again he would mm-hmm. i liked that kind of thing and that was more of what i was expecting a lot of the flashbacks were that way actually like i, I really liked the 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 dino music the natural history museum and the the astronaut section i like that kind of stuff that's more of what i was kind of hoping from but you get it in a way where by the time you t- you do get it it almost feels hollow because yeah <laughs> jill's dead i i think they wanted it to be more weighty because kind of have that irony of look at this this is what you wanted but he's dead remember kind of angle but it, it it doesn't affect you emotionally, like you said, Adam. Like in that scene where he's killed, you're angry for and frustrated for wrong reasons than I think they're anticipating.
0: Yeah, I wasn't even like that angry. Like I was just like kind of annoyed. This <laughs> is like, oh, yeah.
2: yeah, you're just like miffed. You're like, oh, I, well,
0: I, I didn't really feel anything. Not with
1: like, <laughs> not with the characters in the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: But I don't think anyone would have a problem with Joel having some kind of comeuppance or exploring that idea. Of, not at sure. all people taking revenge for his decision making like that's what i mean by top level i think a lot of the choices were pretty good but (laughs) to make it work they have to cut so many corners and rush over so much it does kind of you know it's kind of a cluster
1: do it like it is very
0: five or six hours later in the game it would be improved (laughs) i would have felt a bit more it's like it's so dependent on you having played the first one even hint at getting some kind of emotional response from that which is just so lame
2: it is lame because yeah if you if you took out your investment they're using your investment from the first game as just a way to pull the rug from under you in in a way that like as its own thing doesn't work nearly as well like if you hadn't played the first one you wouldn't give a shit about this character they just suddenly Mm -hmm. offed it's all it's Mm -hmm. all based on your they know full well how invested you are in this character and I don't know if they think it's like really clever and subversive to take him out the way they do. but
0: Yeah, it's just it, it felt cut so short in terms of the narrative. And there was just so much more that I wish they explored with these characters. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, the it jumping feels like it wasn't off point done. of the end of the first game was a great, a, a great way to start. New ideas and explore. Yeah, what was going to happen, even just between those two characters, and I felt like mm-hmm. I I didn't really get much of a satisfying
1: payoff from that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Ellie as a character more in the first game, just being around, like walking around uh ellie was much more entertaining yeah i enjoyed just like a teenage girl celebrity. who also yeah. is throwing bricks at people and like stabbing people It's there's <laughs> something kind of funny about it And she's like fuck you motherfucker yeah but now <laughs> yes. she's just like an older woman you know she's she's grown up she's jaded yeah, yeah. jaded and killing people and it's like okay well <laughs> she's fucking brutal yeah <laughs> what you, am i supposed to like her now i guess i do i like her more than abby but it is a like once Joel is gone from the game, it loses a lot of its heart. And I I did not nice enjoy history. being around yeah. many of the other characters. Like just Dina and, and Ellie going around the city was not nearly as interesting to me as Joel and Ellie in Boston. Or when they got ambushed mm-hmm. in that city. You know, it's just the game didn't work for me at all. Even as a horror game, like the zombie elements I thought were much creepier in the first one than than this. This one actually felt more like an action game. Uh, with, like, the, the, that sequence where there's, like, a giant uh, car chase and stuff like that.
0: I liked the gameplay, although the first game was more difficult, like, regardless of accessibility settings. The first mm-hmm. game had some really challenging sections that I had to do many, many times. But every section in this game, I more or less was just able to do it without much issue. Yeah. Just playing on you have normal a fair difficulty. Amount of freedom.
2: Once you un- unlock all the, like, Gizmos and gadgets—you can really wreck shop.
0: Yeah, yeah, it depends on the section, but yeah, I just—it it, was all—all I'm thinking of when I think of the first game is like that—that that snow level, like that was a really good mm-hmm. sequence and super challenging too. And I'm pretty sure they like took away all your weapons at that point. Also, there wasn't really much like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I'll play
2: it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll play it again eventually. Yeah, you know, if I want to maybe on PS Five. I'll do it on the harder difficulty settings room. at some point.
1: The the ending when you let Abby go <laughs> after all of that. After I I don't know I murdered like fucking hundreds of people to get to her. between Between santa barbara and seattle yeah and then it's like okay i'm gonna let her go but i didn't let like 10 minutes ago i had someone on the floor and i was pouring a shotgun at them and they're like please don't kill me yeah
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: and now i'm like gonna let abby go it was like that that contrast between the gameplay and what's actually going on in the story it just didn't work like just how brutal the gameplay was and then compared to that that she would let abby go at the end
2: what's the body count after you've thrown like 50 Molotovs on people and yeah. you know, slice the their dogs. necks open as they <laughs> beg for their lives and mm. scream for their loved ones. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean about the setting being kind of weird. Like like in a Western, for example, when they tell revenge stories, there's something that works better about it because there are more rules to the world. There is like a, a law aspect to it and we can relate to it a lot more. I, I, d- I don't know really what the, the point is of, of exploring this universe in this way when it is mm. just so... Like fucking hopeless and everyone is just such a psycho. It's like, well, revenge at this point doesn't have as much weight or meaning behind it. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know? If yeah. life is so meaningless, then it's like you might as well go get revenge, right? <laughs> like what do you Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't like
0: I didn't like empathize with Ellie's journey all that much. Especially like when, when she's like just... already happy living with girlfriend and a baby. And then she's like, Well, time to throw all that away and then she doesn't she i mean she throws it away but she doesn't even do what she
3: <laughs>
0: what the goal was to accomplish that i do mm-hmm. love when she gets back and she tries to play guitar and her fingers are missing yeah that, it's got a
2: good end scene
0: yeah, i think that that's actually perfect i think that that visual representation perfectly encapsulates just how brutal and broken she is and just how much she's lost loved that choice
2: yeah joel kind of lives on through that guitar yeah. in the game so i have to learn how to, to play
0: left-handed yeah yeah i mean um if we're t- if we're going to talk about like the other elements of the game like you know gameplay very similar to the first game fun mm-hmm. i enjoy it you know i love the
2: uh, one big improvement in that regard though I I really liked each segment where they had kind of multiple factions in the same arena. Mm -hmm. So you could like throw a bottle and then the like zombies would go crazy and it was just like complete chaos. I really liked that that aspect of it.
1: They were like zombies on chains toward the end. You could and shoot some of the environments are like so yeah.
2: memorable to me. Like the that underground kind of section on the the train lines yeah. with that like really harsh red lighting. It's lighting. so impressive. Mm-hmm.
0: The lighting's like it's probably the best lighting I've ever seen in a video game. That's probably yeah, my favorite aspect. Blood.
1: Yeah, looks great,
2: mm-hmm. no doubt. And the environments, even some of the sections of Zabby
1: are like fun to play.
2: Yeah, that's what kept me going as Abby. I just I wasn't expecting to get the (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I wasn't expecting on the second day as Abby to get a bit of kind of world building stuff because just by the tone of the game, it seemed like they weren't interested in exploring that side of it. So when you go to that hospital, even though the reason you're going there is for something, I personally I wasn't really invested in. The fact they kind of established that it was like a ground zero zone and like it's like particularly old, infected was like a really cool setup to me, and the, the kind of boss fight there was like a real Resident Evil kind of horror moment, which I quite enjoyed and wasn't expecting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a couple of the parts in this game felt very Resident Evil esque, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I loved the um, the bench animations. I thought that those were super cool when you're they, like upgrading yeah. your so weapons <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> my brother described it as it it feels like you're learning when you're like <laughs> watching <laughs> that like it's so detailed mm-hmm.
1: uh-huh. that is cool I, I enjoyed that a lot yeah. there's a lot of detail in that in that regard that's super cool like gameplay wise graphics
2: one well, like the motion capture and facial animation yep. and you know, all the texture of the skin and the lighting mm-hmm. and the sweat—it's like crazy. I, I couldn't believe that side of it, and the performances too. Even if I disagree with a lot of the kind of choices and directions, there's there's a lot of like really good performance work, and mm-hmm. I'd never blame any of the actors for any of those choices or anything like that.
1: No, I don't think so either. It was just the the narrative itself.
0: I'm gonna let the actors know how I feel on Twitter. <laughs>
1: yeah, <it was laughs> yeah, I don't so get lame. that kind of mentality either. <laughs> uh, but there's a point, so they, they go to that hospital, they fix her arm or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. then that kid goes off back to his home base, the SCAR home base. And then they go with the girl who lost her arm and she gets killed while going to rescue her. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck?
2: Making all we, we, of day two like, yeah, pointless, basically. <laughs> all day two was, like
1: pointless. We We went all that way and then we have to go back. For some reason, she has to come. I guess to help her.
2: It makes so much of the time her, feel like wasted and pointless. It's, like it's not yeah, building to anything because yeah. they keep just taking it away.
1: The entire it just point.
0: Feels like everything just you're to doing make you is feel pointless. More empathy with Abby, and it's just it. It just felt so useless because I never had any issues with that. <laughs> I like I didn't like her that much as a character in terms of like how interesting she was or anything. But I didn't have any difficulty relating with her goals. And then yeah, it just I understood like understood why she did what she
1: did. Yeah, it just. But I didn't enjoy playing as her, you know, yeah. like as a character. And all these pointless mm-hmm. flashbacks. I, I didn't want to.
0: The boat sex scene, like I can see why people make fun of that. It, it <laughs> feels like so pointless. Yeah, yeah.
2: I thought it was going to be for another pregnancy reveal. That's what I honestly <laughs> thought. It's <was laughs> <possible>. everyone's <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> yeah, why not at that point? <laughs> yeah, I barely even remember the names of the the new crew Jeff. from Abby's side. Because what's the point? Like the, They they make such a... They highlight as Ellie when you're like hunting them down like from that group and then showing them from the other side, but they don't really do a good job of characterizing them on the other side, so it's just kind of like, well... Like like that section in the hospital when you're Ellie and you're chasing that woman in quite an exciting sequence, and then you mm-hmm. see her from the other side. It's like, well, yeah, you're showing that she like helps Abby a little bit, I guess, but... Is this supposed to be like a striking yeah. moment? Yeah, we don't really like, learn much it, it no from emotion. that at all. Yeah. It
3: just yeah. feels so this wasted. This is what I mean. Like,
2: I'm imagining like a The Last of Us Part Two, and it's advertised the whole game like with not being about Joel and Ellie, and you you play as Abby and like Nev or or Lev. What's their name? Lev, whatever it was. Lev, yeah, um, yeah, his name. um yeah if the, if you played the whole game as them and that was part 2 and then maybe it ended on the reveal of how she's connected to the story and then in part 3 you you, you your investment would be way more it would be way more gray in the way they they would intend mm-hmm. but then yeah, i guess you wouldn't have the joel stuff this is what i mean like i've been trying ever since finishing it i've been trying to think of a a way to restructure it <laughs> <laughs> in a satisfying way because people say like yeah if you put the joel flashbacks at the beginning yeah. and stuff like that I, I don't think that would that would work in the same way for like, it, it's for the narrative goals. They so they're attempting, yeah. Yeah, they would have to have yeah, different yeah, narrative yeah. goals. I feel like you have to
1: learn about so better. much about Abby before the game, mm-hmm. like before they'd that have to change it the story up even so starts. much. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: the, like yeah.
1: Just where the story takes place and it starts is so jarring. Yeah, and for an audience to get invested in this character at that point, I I think it's asking a lot. <laughs> I don't think. That's what do you think of um, this
2: idea of playing? Day one is Ellie, then going to day one Abby, and then doing it that way.
1: Something more concurrently I could get behind. Or something where I didn't have to play as Abby for such a long chunk. Just, yeah. You know, I thought it was going to be But they can't do because they need
2: the reveal. They need the reveal <laughs> yeah. that her It needs dad to circle the, all the, the way guy. back,
1: too, to like that moment where she shoots Jesse and has Ellie at gunpoint and Tommy. Mm. It needs to circle all the way back to that. And and when it got back to that it was it wasn't satisfying I was like we needed to sit through all that shit half of it was pointless because she just got killed like later on like come on They could have had the
0: Abby sequence in the exact same spot But if they had shortened that down to the length of any other flashback instead of it being like a new part of the game entirely Then I think I would have enjoyed it more because there so much of it feels so unnecessary that like it it could it easily could have given us a highlights reel sort of thing of the events of abby and it would have worked much better in my opinion because that's (laughs) what made it so frustrating is because i just felt like i was being beat over the head with the same thing over and over i was like yeah i get it like i wasn't really learning much i wasn't feeling more from playing as her for that long i really wasn't it was just kind of frustrating well,
2: I, I don't think they use the time that well from a storytelling perspective that from a gameplay perspective i understand why they did it the way they did because they need to feel like you're kind of building up a character in some way because that's what's so weird about when he's in that second half like your everything is reset all your upgrades all your guns and everything they're all different so i can see why that's a ridiculous challenge from a gameplay perspective to put you in another character how long did yeah. we
0: play as ellie in the first game?
2: It wasn't very long. It was only that that segment. It was like a couple scenes. Yeah, it was like winter winter.
1: winter segment. Yeah, not even the whole thing. Yeah, it was. was,
2: and then within that segment, you start jumping between Joel and Ellie, so you get your Mm -hmm. stuff back pretty quick, and then you never play as Ellie again after that.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest issue is just how quickly (laughs) they decided to completely abandon the story that they've been building up and then just decided to tell a completely different story basically it's like yeah this is the same character but it's not really a continuation all that much technically it is i just there there's just so much they could have done with it and then they didn't uh-huh. and then they just erased yeah. all opportunity for them to explore more with it it's just a waste of the like universe half and the, the characters it's
1: a continuation the other half of the game is just like this random thing they just came up with. That I guess they want to continue. And s- like, what are they even going to do with that HBO yeah. show now? Oh yeah, because Joel is dead. Is is he dead in the show? Is is this before the show? Yeah, he who took knows place what's before? happening
2: with that. It's the thing about taking risks this large. Like, it's working for some people, and I'm glad for those people. But sure, for those it doesn't, it kind of is a disappointment
0: it the the thematic goals came at the expense of the narrative experience
2: yeah yeah because
0: yeah as you were saying like when you try to restructure it and try to fix things about it it's like okay well then it doesn't have the same point of what they were going for but perhaps that was the problem the entire time right Mm -hmm. (laughs) perhaps Mm -hmm. perhaps if we remove that or have a hint of it rather than it being the entire goal of the game then then there could be a better structure and a better narrative.
1: Yeah. Since I'm basically playing this game like it's a movie, yeah. the narrative is like the most important part. Exactly. And I can appreciate the rest of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a Naughty the gameplay, Dog game. But it, it, it is. It's a Naughty Dog game. Insanely I cinematic. A little better writing than that. Yeah, even Uncharted 4 had better writing. <laughs> and had similar elements to this, too. And honestly, it's not even that much of a graphical improvement. I mean, it might be a little bit. Over what the first game or Uh, over Uncharted 4? 4. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I liked this
0: more than Uncharted 4. I don't like Uncharted 4 very much, though. (laughs) Really? Yeah,
2: I don't. Yeah, I've never been that crazy about the Uncharted games, but
1: he has a long-lost brother.
0: Yeah, who just (laughs) shows up in the story, just like (laughs) that's like an action movie Indiana Jones kind of game. Existed the entire time that we've never mentioned (laughs) up until this point. This is totally not. <laughs> this is totally not unnecessary, and like we're just milking it dry. Sully was like <laughs> not in the game, even really. One of my favorite characters was just like not there. They had a stupid Sony product placement. It was just ugh. <laughs> yeah. I re- and then they changed the, the
3: composer.
0: The music is so important to me, especially in the Uncharted games. They didn't even have the same composer. The theme of the game, the bum 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 the score wasn't there it was replaced by bullshit it was just <laughs> so annoying music means a lot to me and that's also part of why i didn't really enjoy uh the last of us 2 as much it's like there wasn't as much gustavo until the second half and then when they were Showing when they were playing that in the second half of the game, I was like, "Wow, I love this music." I just wish that it wasn't for this manipulative purpose of trying to get me to associate (laughs) the feelings of the first game with this new character that you didn't really earn my respect for in any way other than these manipulative ways that you're doing right now.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just the wrong time in this universe to tell a story like this. It's a waste. Characters in play anyway. There's so much more they could have done with it. It does
1: feel like a waste. Yeah.
2: It's an example where it kind of... It it doesn't make you want to replay the first game, I'll put it that way. It doesn't feel like it's building on the universe. It feels like it's it's kind of just going... It's a complete tangent, basically, going for something completely different to the first game. So I I really understand the kind of split, because <laughs> mm-hmm. the expectations are, are not being met.
0: Yeah, you can't be surprised that people are going to get angry. I'm not like angry at the last of us too i was just like well that's dumb (laughs) right like i still (laughs) enjoy the game and like i said i'll play it again on a higher difficulty i'm not like (laughs) you know it's just it's disappointing i'm not like furious about it it's not going to affect my life in any
2: meaningful way yeah i don't care about that kind of thing although seeing the discourse is quite disheartening like people are dumb from the creators yeah like um Jason Jason Shrier tweeted about how he thinks it's too long, and then like <laughs> uh, Troy Baker like jumped on him, and I think Neil Druckmann did as well. It's like a really weird response. Like they're re- they they must be feeling very defensive at the moment. Oh yeah, incredibly. He you know, spends seven years making it. Um, yeah, they everybody's super their defensive at this point. yeah and attacking actors is just such a gross look you know yeah it's not the way to convey what like the the message of what people have a problem with when it gets to
0: this point of discourse there are people that just literally hop in that don't even give a shit about the game and might not have even ever played it and are literally just jumping Mm -hmm. in to harass people because they see it as an opportunity and they're you know, it's like, like that's literally what people do. There's people just waiting for the next like super divisive issue so they can piss people off and be like, "I influenced the world in yeah. some minor way, and my life has a modicum of meaning now." So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> people are. So did you guys dumb. um Did you guys see any of the leaks, or was this all a surprise to you when you're playing it? Um, I mean, like this was all a surprise
0: to me. It was inevitable. <laughs> to like it it wasn't possible not to see anything and um yeah i mean like i there there were aspects to the game that i was aware of before i played it but i still feel like i got my own experience out of it i didn't watch anyone's reviews i didn't you know Mm -hmm. i didn't like seek out Anything about the game? There were just some like memes of people redrawing <laughs> some frames from <laughs> from yeah. certain parts in the game that were kind of funny. That's mm-hmm. basically what was going on.
2: Uh, yeah, it doesn't actually seem to be a bit affecting response that much. Like you say, Ralph, that you didn't really know what was going to happen, and it still didn't really work for you. So, <laughs> I mean, it's still <laughs> no, it didn't, polarizing. surprising at all. Yeah. yeah,
1: surprising doesn't always mean it's going to be a satisfying reveal. Yeah, and I'm going to mm-hmm. like it.
0: Just because you don't like the game doesn't mean that you're some crazy anti-SJW that's mad that there's trans (laughs) people in video games. And just because you like the game doesn't mean that you're some libtard cuck SJW that is only Mm. liking it because the people that you're against don't like it. So everybody, chill the fuck out. <laughs> like so annoying, and it's I was like expecting the criticisms to <laughs> no. only be coming from like one direction. But there's people that are just yeah. like mad at me. But it's like you don't like the game as much as you should because you're not paying attention to. It's like holy fuck, calm down. It's just mm-hmm. everybody just needs to take a chill pill. It's 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 not important. There are bigger things happening in the world right now.
2: It's also ironic considering the theme of the game of um Mm -hmm. two sides you know two extreme sides and (laughs) learning to see that actually we're all pretty similar at the end of the day
0: yeah yeah i i i understand why people are upset and i understand why people would enjoy the game i'm somewhere in between i think you know it (laughs) yeah the, the game has a lot of stupid narrative decisions well guess what that's most games so mm-hmm. it's just it's just it more upsetting echelon. with this one because the first game was so good if this was like yeah, a completely yeah. new ip it wouldn't affect people and these are as
1: characters much. people care about and they're just exactly. so careless it's, with it. it's unsatisfying a careless,
0: conclusion almost to the uh-huh. same degree as like m night Shyamalan's glass in terms of just how unceremoniously <laughs> these characters are handled oh in ways
2: yeah the story was a mess but i i I I respect the game design though. I I think the environments are way better designed than the first game, the way you're funneled through it. While a lot of the gameplay is like, just find where you gotta go. I mean, it's still fun to me, the gameplay loop of like collecting things and like leveling up your character. I love looting. I I enjoyed the like journey of it.
1: Picking things up, yeah, picking things up is fun. I like the water physics of it. Just Mm -hmm. like like, crouching in the water, yeah. You can like prone and like. Deep water kind of and yeah. like swim in it and kind of sneak in it's cool, yeah like lots of detail paid attention to the mocap,
0: yeah, there's and, some good level kind of design stuff. too it feels really varied yeah. in terms of like how you can tackle each scenario
2: and yeah, the environments too there's lots of variation i I, I liked the setting of the the final kind of section of the game mm-hmm. where you go to a different state. I liked the switch up with it being on like a beach kind of sandy location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like that yeah. kind of switch up.
1: Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that too. That's probably the best like gameplay section of the game. That that last part. Yeah, with like the cliffhangers on chains own... and things like that. Yeah, and
2: just it's just a satisfying
0: event. gameplay payoff. Mm-hmm. It's set up specifically to be satisfying, unlike the yeah. plot. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> which is the opposite.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 torn because I I do appreciate the. The kind of balls it takes to do something risky with your story and not play it safe but at the same time the risk is you it might wind up like this and you've potentially kind of ruined any momentum just this don't do it with a sequel
0: had. do it just don't yeah. do it with a sequel that had nothing to do with those sorts of ideas or goals really Mm -hmm. I mean like people can argue that there's like similar themes and everything that's fine but like the first game wasn't specifically made to be like an unsatisfying super challenging experience sure the ending was challenging in a narrative way in terms of like the morality is like what was what he did right or wrong sort of thing but the characters conflicted it it, it all had a very effective emotional purpose towards it and it just Mm -hmm. really didn't pay off as well in this game
1: I actually think the first one's pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. Like
2: the yeah. story just yeah. like
0: a little road trip story. But it's also all about
2: character. And, it's all about and the job, every their relationship. Uh-huh. And yeah. it
0: grows as the game goes along. We didn't really get anything like that in this game. And sure, it's like yeah, you could draw some parallels. Perhaps depending on the type of person you are, you could play that game and get the same thing that you got from the first game depending on how you, you know, how connected you are to the characters in this game and mm-hmm. what they're going through. But I just, I did not feel that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I was really disappointed by that aspect. Cause the, the first one is quite a roller coaster in terms of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of like emotional, emotional beats that work really yeah. well.
0: The first game is probably one of my favorite like cinematic experiences from a video game and like a straightforward, pretty mm-hmm. linear game.
2: Yeah. I was really shocked by how good it was.
0: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. But yeah, I'll play both of them again on harder difficulties or whatever. Do
1: grounded PS5. mode. PS5. They'll put them together in like a box set, and everyone will play the first one, and yeah. no one will play the second one. <laughs> like Apparently, they're not doing DLC
0: for this game or some shit. That's what somebody oh, really? in my chat said, okay. that they had no plans for yeah, DLC, which is just kind of annoying. Yeah. I'd play the DLC.
2: Yeah, the first one had an interesting DLC. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it more than this. <laughs> it had more. I heart. think they're releasing it's that factions
2: <laughs> multiplayer thing. I guess. Yeah. The oh, they are, are making multiplayer.
1: On... Okay. Yeah, it's a very like. It a uh, later
2: date.
1: Yeah, it's just like a campaign, and that's it. Like a very hollow game. Nothing <laughs> else there really.
2: Yeah, especially for a story game. Like, mm-hmm. if if the story isn't doing it for you, because I, if I really liked the story, I would have been fine like replaying it, new game plus all that kind yeah. of shit. But without that drive, I just don't feel the need to jump back in anytime soon.
1: There's other story games, kind of, like like The Walking Dead, I guess, is a good one, where you have mm-hmm. choices, and I think yeah. that's the replay value for me, for a story game, is making those choices, and I get Naughty dog style, they don't want to have really choices, or that your gameplay choices as Ellie would actually have a consequence on the ending, maybe, like Dishonored, mm-hmm. but they don't really do that, they just want to tell a story, like one It's too one complex way. for it's their fidelity, movie. I think. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, exactly, and that's fine, um, I just, I, I want a little bit better writing, <laughs> Yeah. if you're gonna do that yeah. if you're mm-hmm. not gonna let me have that input you're allowed to kill people but the, then if they're pregnant you feel bad <laughs> you're
0: not allowed to get a double <laughs> kill like yeah. an asshole. they want you to
1: feel bad for people you have to kill and I honestly thought it was pretty entertaining. Like playing these gameplay sections to shoot people in the head. I'm like, oh, wow. It was pretty good. Pretty detailed, Naughty Dog. How you got that guy's head to blow up when I shoot him. Yeah, wow. The way
2: like, they I wasn't taking it that seriously. A <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I thought it was
0: pretty fun. Yeah. The, uh, the exploding arrows explosive were a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I used those a few times. Yeah. I didn't use a smoke bomb the entire game, I kind of just forgot to. Oh really? <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I used I them, use them plenty in the first game. A cinch. I just never find fu- I I use those things if I'm like really stuck and I don't know how to get past a point. But oh, there wasn't right, really yeah. a point in this game where I felt like I needed to use one, so I
2: never did. Mm-hmm. Maybe on a harder difficulty. Yeah, or
0: probably exactly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it on a higher difficulty anyway. Fuck PS Vita owners. She deserved it,
2: yeah, that was my main takeaway yeah.
0: <laughs> the one character that deserved it
2: so that, that was a, that's another <laughs> example of a weird one where they like show them on both sides, and neither time it really means anything
1: yeah <laughs> exactly. it was so weird yeah the the,
0: the so pointless the goal of the narrative was clear, but it didn't fulfill what its goal was in any meaningful yeah. way.
2: It felt like they thought it was a bigger deal than it actually comes across yeah. in terms of any kind of emotional response.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Should the we give our rating? The of it, and the, yeah, it's just so silly. I would, I don't know what to give it. Do we rate it like a movie where I would just rate the story? Or like um, a game? I mean, have I you ever rated a game? Rated I a give game? it a five out of 10. Not really. No. <laughs> no. Okay. I guess a five out of 10. Yeah. I, I would give it that. I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, I'm giving it a six out of 10 for now. I don't don't think it'll be bumped up to a seven. Just the problem is like, even though I love the gameplay, gameplay is super fun. The narrative experience in these types of games is so crucial and important that if you fuck that up, it really does take away from the overall experience. It's not another type of game where it's like, oh, I could just skip the cutscenes or whatever sort of thing. Like this, like sure, maybe you can. I don't know if the option's there, but that's (laughs) irrelevant. Like the, the point of the game is the story. The point of the game is the narrative. Really? Yeah, I mm-hmm.
1: wanted to watch them. They're really well done from a, like a cinematography standpoint. And like yeah. you said, the lighting. It's just, yeah, those characters, I wish they went different directions.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm struggling, because as an overall package, as like a video game, I'd probably give it a six or seven, but that story I'd give like a five. Mm-hmm. So, a bit of a miss, I think, for all of us. Bit it's of a shame one of us dark. didn't like it more, but whatever.
0: <laughs> we, I, I don't mean, buy an audio two of us again. gave positive ratings. So yeah,
2: that's the thing. Whatever.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, how I feel about it, it too. It's whatever. Set, but it's the worst kind of game it can be, is if it's a whatever game. At least if it was God yeah, which awful, is a we would have had fun like talking about how stupid it was. Mm-hmm. And there are yeah. plenty of moments in here where I was just like rolling my eyes, or I wanted to shut it off. But yeah, it's not enough to make it like a one out of ten kind of game. It's not ride oh, to man. hell. It's not. I don't know what are some of the worst games 76? I don't even know. Is that really considered uh, one? Hunt
2: down the Freeman. Hunt...
1: Mm. <laughs> I love that game. What do you mean?
2: Yeah, I love it too, but you know. <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: question time.
2: Okay, let's move into the questions segment. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer on future episodes of Saturnicast, head to the subreddit where there'll be a suggestions thread where you can ask whatever you like. Let's we'll start with this one from Jar Jar Jacobs who says, What movie will be improved by completely removing? One character. Hmm. I don't know if Jar Jar would improve the Phantom Menace. especially with the username, I don't know but,
1: if I agree.
0: I with that. I actually
2: think it would improve that movie. Genuinely, I think it would actually make it better. Yeah, without Jar Jar being in there, I do. Yeah, because it—that's it, when it really goes off the deep end when he comes in, and you just can't tell what the fuck he's saying.
0: <laughs> I don't know. There's like, there's like shitty comic relief characters in kids' movies that piss me off.
1: Sure, I was thinking like Mulan, Eddie Murphy's character. Really? It's like a little, I think he's too much in the movie. Not yeah. that I think he should be removed, but it, he kind of takes away from Mulan a little bit. There like are a Mul- few a, Disney sidekicks
2: story. that do that. And he
1: comes in, it's like a crazy person, <laughs> yeah. you know, with his crazy improv and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It kind of takes away from Mulan. Hmm. For me, my opinion.
2: I think a uh, diary, of the Wimpy Kid, would be better without the Wimpy Kid, in it? That would improve it. Yeah, never <laughs> seen it.
1: <laughs> a dark crystal without the main character. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, we've we've yeah, got that. we Netflix show, which is kind <laughs> Just about the you know the the weird creatures, whatever they're called, mm. the skeeks, skeksies, skeksies. His gig,
3: yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> um.
1: Damn, what do I even say? Hmm. There's that
2: Thor movie with that really bad character relief. Yeah, out.
1: that's a good one. Natalie Portman and Kat Dennings. She could get rid of either of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Kat Dennings, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what fucking movie would be What movie? about Godfather
2: 3 without, um, uh, what's the face? Coppola? Yeah. No, because
0: it wouldn't be nearly it- as entertaining. It would just be so boring. <laughs> <laughs> it would make the movie worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the only thing well. I remember about it. Yeah. <laughs> Gravity would be better without Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Wah! Wah! <laughs> Flip them around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Should I go to another one?
0: I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but whatever.
2: Sorry, yeah. everybody. Say in the comments if you think of anything better. Yeah. Unlucky Leo asks. David Russell once put Christopher Nolan in a headlock so my question to the Sadatards is what uh, are your favorite Hollywood feuds? Uh, um,
0: depends how legitimate <laughs> the feuds are I guess. There's <laughs> we talked about the uh Michelle Gondry commentary on the Criterion Being John Malkovich Blu-ray. That was really weird. He's just shit talking oh, yeah. people the entire time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My favorite is um, Tyrese Gibson getting angry at, at The Rock for delaying Fast and Furious a year because he wanted the money. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I He no like idea. bitched about it on Instagram.
1: <laughs>
0: Doesn't Spike Lee have beef with Quentin Tarantino or something?
1: Yeah. Oh, for Django? Yeah. You know, yeah, Django. I don't know much about it. <laughs> That's interesting. They both come in. Tarantino is actually quite circle. a dramatic
2: figure there's that there's that interview with him on channel 4 where he says like I'm shutting your butt down. And yeah. Was, he's quite <laughs> emotional.
1: <laughs> that was a good accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has tons of interviews or in like moments like that talking about how violence in movies is fun, which Yeah, he he's is, so, yeah.
2: he's like a sassy person too, yeah. so.
1: Very <laughs> passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you count like Toby mcguire in the car like trying to get away from the paparazzi? <gasps> I don't think that's a feud though. Mm. He's like I can't see but I'm out of the way. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs>
0: there's like, I don't know. There there's there's not a lot that sticks out in my mind of, in terms of Hollywood no, feuds. I don't, I don't like to there's focus like, on yeah.
1: Hollywood feuds.
0: It's like fuck, what's I'm her sure name? There's
2: too much to choose from.
0: Yeah, there was like Miley mm. Cyrus and Sinead O'Connor were like really pissed off at each other. And it was, was kind of sad because like the the Wrecking Ball music video and like the hairstyle and like the the close face shot was very cl- clearly trying to emulate Sinead O'Connor and her "Nothing Compares to You" video. So there was like a lot of mm. a lot of like respect there. And then they just got into some dumb feud and blocked each other or something. It was like, oh shit, that's sad. It's mm. that? <laughs> it like Hodorowski and and Winding Refin in a very. <laughs> Not like a serious feud way, but like when he tells his wife to divorce him, like that was really funny to me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
0: and then there's like Vincent Gallo with everybody. Oh yeah, we touched yeah, a we bit on that, that. didn't yeah. we? <laughs> and yeah, David O. Russell seems to piss a lot of people off too. Have you ever seen the clip of him like mm-hmm. absolutely losing it at his actors on yeah. I Heard Huggies set, just being a complete yeah. asshole?
1: There's a point he, like, leaves the set and then comes back in through a set Oh, door, yeah, like, <laughs> through the door. It's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, really? I thought he was gone, it's and then he comical. just pops in. I haven't seen
2: that one.
0: <laughs> so you have to come back to yell, I
3: yeah.
0: have the
2: last word. <laughs> oh, yeah, Amy Adams, David A. Russell made me cry every day on American Hustle. <laughs> God. Holy yeah, he seems
0: like a dick. Seems like not a lot of people I get mean, along in the with the
2: autistic them. field, like, it's where you're going to find a high percentage of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Joe people.
0: Pitka is also kind of an asshole.
2: Director of Space Jam. Oh. Oh. Oh right.
0: Yeah. People people <laughs> say he's a yeller. And then there was an interview with uh one of the um visual effects artists, I think one of the animators on Space Jam, and he was recounting a, a story about how Joe Pitka had no idea what the fuck he was doing and was basically like, Yeah, you just figure it out in the animation. I've got a you know, it's got a, we've got green screen footage here and then the animator was trying to explain to the director like okay like i can i can animate things here but if you have someone in a green suit walking in front of michael jordan that i'm i it's it, it you you won't be able to see michael jordan there right so so mm. i can't do anything about that and it's going to look like shit and this footage is going to be unusable and apparently joe pica just like yelled at him like you figure it out and just like no understanding of like how the visual effects oh would be done in the film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people are really high strung. Oh mm. well, yeah, very especially passionate. with
2: the the pressure of like a Hollywood, you know, all, the, all this money that's being thrown around must be horrendous. The mm. like pressure if you've got a hundred and fifty million dollar movie on your back or something like that.
0: <laughs> Josh Trank, yep, we oh, yeah, fell
1: apart.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. It fell apart. Ooh, Stephen King versus Stanley Kubrick—that's a classic. Yeah, it's ah, very yeah. good. One.
2: Yeah. yeah, that is a good one actually.
0: That's a great feud.
1: There's gonna be a feud we just we haven't mentioned that people will mention. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, damn it, that's a great one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody's really immature and childish. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Everyone has massive egos. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they need to protect them
0: at all costs.
1: <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> all right, next question.
2: Let's do this one from the Fallen One sixty four, who says, after listening to you three talk about adaptation. What book slash comic book slash game do you think is una- unadaptable into a movie? Hmm. That's hmm. a good
1: question, because I think the point of that movie is you can adapt anything. <laughs> but yeah, 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 exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Leave it I like think the there are I um, make it something cool. I, well, yeah, obviously it depends on the people making it and, you know, but there are some stories that are, you just have to have the right person. Um, whereas I'm thinking of something like Cloud Atlas. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a book. A book that, well, as we see, it doesn't really translate to screen that clearly because it is just so ambitious and so kind of goes against the grain of a typical kind of story. Yeah, that is one of those gamble kind of really ambitious tales to try and adapt.
0: Yeah, you can adapt anything, but you might have to change it into something completely different.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's why when those rumors of like when they were. Developing like a Mass Effect game, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of against that idea because it seemed the whole point of that 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 universe was the kind of decision making side yeah. of it. So, like, what's the point of reducing it into a movie that takes everything about the interactivity and robs it of that? The universe is cool to explore and everything, but
0: yeah, I think the universe kind of lends itself well to you know storytelling in general the universe I think you could does make could a good you trust story to... out of it if you just took select yeah. parts from the games and had a you know j- just made i just think the it'd be weird with the main character
2: i don't know i think it'd be really hard to do something like that mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's that that m- most of my issues when it comes to terrible adaptations are not really with the idea of like oh yeah this is something that could never be adapted mostly it's just like okay you just did this wrong like death note come on you could <laughs> you you could make yeah. a good adaptation of Death Note. I think it is possible. I think it is possible. It's just you have to be There's more no thoughtful about the
2: movie that they made in Japan.
0: Yeah, that one's bad too. There's two Japanese <laughs> movies that are, they fucking suck. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. The Netflix they one said, is the worst thing uh, ever, but
1: yeah. A lot of people said Watchmen was unadaptable before mm-hmm. the the Zack Snyder version came out. And I yeah. think that movie's kinda weak for the same reasons. Like, it's literally an adaptation of, of the book, like, almost frame for frame in some parts. But yeah, it, the structure of, of it doesn't really work in, in a movie, and there's, like, too many characters, too much going on. He already had to cut out a lot. I watched, like, the extended cut of it, mm-hmm. like, so I could see just all of it, including, the, like, 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 these these cartoons. animated segments yeah. with, like, a <laughs> yeah like a pirate ship and everything. It was interesting, it's but I don't think he succeeded in, in capturing what the book did at, at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to have That's different goals.
0: I mean, there's things that were previously seen mm-hmm. as unadaptable, like Naked Lunch and perhaps even Lord of the Rings that turned out really well.
1: Yeah. But mm-hmm. you talked about how much you have to change it to kind yeah. of fit the structure of a movie. Like, I think Scott Pilgrim works well, too. That's seven books into one movie. But, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it has a it has a, a narrative that works within that movie that mm-hmm. is different, totally different from yeah. the books. Yeah. Speaking yeah.
0: of adaptations, Charlie Kaufman's new movie has a release date. The good one, the Netflix one. I think it's like September oh, 4th. I'm thinking oh, of nice, ending yeah. things. Hell yeah. That's cool. I wonder if that means that they think it'll be awards worthy.
2: Let's hope. Uh, did you read... I saw a few people on the Reddit asking if you're going to be reading Charlie Kaufman's new book that you just released. Yep.
0: I have it pre-ordered. It has not shown up yet. I think it will in the next week. Um... I don't know how fast oh, awesome. I'm gonna read it. My roommate also wants to read it, so if he thinks he's gonna plow through it, I'll probably
2: just give it to him first. But it's called Ant Kind, isn't yes. it? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that
0: he's doing something like that because, you know, I, I think that there's enough people there's that no love him as it. a writer. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be like so incredibly difficult to get on the New York Times best selling list for a novel. It seems like every book that's released <laughs> 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 achieves that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's yeah. got a good fan it's base and I'm book. like hopefully that's something that is at least somewhat lucrative for him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't
1: heard about this, so yeah, yeah, I'll get that.
0: Yeah, he got approached to to write a novel by a publication and he was like, Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And so Good. It'll be the first novel that I've read in a very long time.
2: Yeah, I like audiobooks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll probably have an audiobook version. It's just Nicolas Cage reading it. <laughs> <That'd
2: be> Wilson, <awesome. laughs> That would be.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The um there's a lot of things like The Last of Us, I think would be one of the more challenging things to adapt into a film because it already works perfectly as a game. And the narrative yeah, experience the of that game is one that comes through it being a game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it'd be very difficult.
2: Yeah, I, I think a lot of game worlds are like that. Like when they talk about making a Bioshock movie or a Halo movie, where it's like the the games are kind of the universes mm-hmm. and that's what makes them good. And the the plot gets a little convoluted
0: of in Halo after a while.
2: Oh, tell me about it, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a great journey. <laughs> One more question?
2: Um, I figured we should probably end on shouting out NEO, uh Morricone. Maybe? Oh, shit, mm-hmm. yeah. Because he's he's just passed away. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, Sorry about my butchering of his name, but we've, we, how many movies? (laughs) We've already done a few movies um, that featured his soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Cinema Paradiso. God, what was the other one? There was definitely another one we've done. Um, Scored
0: the Hasteful Eight, I'm pretty
3: sure.
0: Yeah. 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 The
2: thing. Yeah. He's crazy. uh, He's got a crazy Mm -hmm. backlog. Once Upon a Time in
1: Hollywood. Yeah. Very. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. I'm sorry. Once Upon a Time in the West. (laughs) Hmm. That's what I meant to say. Yeah,
2: all those classic westerns and yeah,
1: a lot of them. Yeah, there's like over
0: 500 credits for composer on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty it's a insane. lot of good
1: work. Big deal. It's one of the greatest. Yeah, sad.
0: Yeah, you know it is sad when we lose someone so talented. I don't consider it a gigantic tragedy when someone dies at 92, and I don't want to seem insensitive of being <laughs> like, oh yeah, I don't feel sad about his death, but I see it like I. I I don't know. I try to look at death in a way that is a bit more I guess like emotionally healthy or productive to to be recognizing and praising the accomplishments and kind of feeling good about their life's work. Like I don't see yeah. when when you look at like the end of this guy's life, sure it's sad that we're not all immortal, but like wow, what a crazy life, what a great list of accomplishments. Like
1: you beat yeah, the legacy. game. You know, he was making great mm-hmm. music up till the very end of his life. Yeah, yeah. With "Hateful Eight. like, like he won an Oscar just a few years ago. If life is a contest, <laughs> he's a winner
2: for sure. It's like you can only for sure, yeah
0: you can only try your best, and very clearly, this person did. So i I don't see it as a I don't see it as a tragedy to see someone's life cut short for sure. But yeah i I definitely. You know respect the accomplishments and you know feel feel good about this long life that they've lived and everything that they've achieved
2: yeah there's quite a history of work to to leave mm-hmm. behind for sure
0: i don't know if you guys agree in that sense or not i, I don't want to sound like it's insensitive
2: <laughs> oh no does that I, make I sense
1: that. just from
0: philosophical yes. no, perspective I, I know
2: exactly what you mean i like thinking about that that kind of side of it where what you're leaving and your your legacy yeah it's yeah. like
0: the best that anyone can do. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I guess we'll see him in the uh, in the April Oscars memoriam.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. The Oscars.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're pushing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're pushing it forward a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, everybody um, check out some of his works. There might be some on Spotify, yeah. I have no I mean, idea. Sometimes it's really difficult yeah, to Yeah, just look through the list. But... Chances
2: are you'll already be familiar yeah. with a lot of it and just not yeah. known.
0: Hateful Eight soundtrack was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's a gigantic library. And I'd... <laughs> I, I would be trying to find more familiar ones by scrolling through, but there's just so many titles here that... Yeah, it's so many. There's, there's and a lot of them are better. in Italian, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's hard mm-hmm. to read. <laughs> Very influential, important person.
1: Yes. Great scores. Really great music. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Well, I guess that about does it for questions and stuff. Um, yeah. There is a film recommendation for the next episode, and I believe it is Alex's turn.
2: What? It's me. It's me. It's okay. a me. This is... Uh, I've picked a movie that um, I think two of us have seen. I'm not sure if Ralph has seen it, but it's from a director we've mentioned a fair amount, that mm-hmm. being Denis Villeneuve. Um, I want to talk about Incendies. Is that how you say it? Nice.
0: Oh. It's uh, pronounced Incendie.
2: Incendie. <laughs> yeah. Incendie. Yeah. No, By I haven't seen that. To it.
1: So have you seen it, Ralph? <laughs> no. Okay, cool. It's going to be great. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's one of the few films of his I haven't seen. It's just that and Polytechnic.
0: Oh, you haven't seen it?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. I thought you said two of us have seen it. Not, Maybe you said haven't. Oh,
2: sorry. Sorry, yeah, I was like looking at my phone trying to like, mess up. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, Perfect. No, it's just been on my watch list for a long yeah, time.
0: I'm excited to watch it again. My roommate really loves it too. I'm sure he'd be down to check it out again. So,
1: Awesome. Real. That's awesome.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, We'll see you next week. (laughs) Next two weeks from
1: now. Two weeks.
0: Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, (laughs) weird phrasing, uh, $2 a month, sardonicast.com. You'll get these episodes early. Sign up for premium. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Same thing. Also, we got merch if you want to check out some merch. Thank you so much. Um... Bazinga, how do I end this? (laughs) Bazinga's good. Yeah, we we talked about the Big Bang Theory. Bye, everybody.
1: Take (laughs) care. Farewell.